You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Colt at the River. Today I'm going to be ministering to you how to cross over from what is to what should be in your life. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to show you how to cross over from what is to what should be in your life. You know what should be in your life? Healing. What should be in your life is prosperity. What should be in your life is a great marriage. What should be in your life is peace and grace. That's what should be in your life. But many times we're in situations where it's not that way. I'm going to show you in the scriptures how to cross over those thresholds in our lives that we run into every so often so that we can receive the blessings that God has intended for us to do. So if you would, look up on the screen. And I want to show you uh, a text that I mentioned last week, but I want to read it this time. It says, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of the earth is crossing over. Say crossing over. Before you into the Jordan. Now therefore, take yourselves 12 men from 12 tribes of Israel, one for every tribe, And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of your feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off and the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. So it was that when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. Now, what I want you to see from this story is that Joshua has spent 40 years in the wilderness. Many of his friends have died. Only the younger people uh, were allowed to go into the promised land. Him and Caleb, who had faith, are ready to cross over into the best that God has for them. And what's so powerful about this is when, they, when their feet touch the water, it says the water piled up all the way to the city of Adam. In other words, when you make a decision that you want to cross over into God's best, that's when God will push back your past. That's when your past will no longer hinder you. Because a lot of us, our past is holding us back. A lot of us, our future is not where it should be, not because God hasn't given it to us. It's because our past is holding it back. But it's, uh, the, the, the thing about the story that's beautiful is that as soon as they decided they were going to cross over, God pushed it back. He pushed back the water. He pushed back their past. And I love it because it says all the way to the city of Adam. How many know a lot of the problems that we have originated from Adam's first sin? Amen? It was passed on. Today, wherever you're at in your faith, we get those choices in our life where we're standing next to the river, but we're not quite ready to cross it. I want to encourage you today that if you would just decide that I'm not going to live bound by the past anymore. I'm not going to live with the fear that if I go across, I could possibly fail. I'm not going to stop from going across because of that fear. You know, we as preachers, we tell people, just get over it. But how many know it's easy to preach it, hard to do it? It's hard to get over an abusive father. 
It's hard to get over being adopted. It's hard to get over when an opportunity was stolen from you. It's hard to get over when you're in a dysfunctional family. It's hard to get over it when you were raised by an alcoholic. It's hard to get over it, but God wanted you to know today that he doesn't want you to stay in the wilderness. He wants you to cross over into the blessing that God has. Come on, give God praise, everybody. That's so good. And so as we look at this, I want you just to examine yourself and remember the background of your life doesn't determine where you go in life. I said the background of your life doesn't determine. But what happens sometimes is we uh, try something and we fail and the pain that we experience while we are trying it is so severe that we're afraid to try it again. I can't get into another relationship. I got hurt so bad that last time there's just no way I can do that. Or I can't stretch myself and reach out and do what God wanted me to do. I tried it before and I failed. I just, I'm afraid that if I do it, the same thing will happen. And you find yourself right at the river's edge. Not crossing over, but yet you'll never receive what God wants you to have until you make a decision, I'm going over it. I'm going to not only get over it, I'm going to cross over into the abundant life that God has called me to, and I'm not going to have any apologies for it. I am going to break through it to the other side. And many of us need that in our relationships. We need it in our finances. We need it in our health. I'm not going to settle for this anymore in my life. I liken it kind of onto this. It's kind of like bankruptcy. Now, it's not like this today, but 10 years ago, uh, if you got bankrupt, or maybe a little farther back than that, uh, it would take you anywhere from five to seven years to get your credit back where you could borrow anything you wanted to borrow. Nowadays, they just give money out. The government gives it to everybody, so I don't know if it applies. But back then, it was like this. So if you went bankrupt, it affected you in the future. Quite, some of you have bankrupt relationships. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good today. Some of you got bankrupt health. Some of you got bankrupt mentality. You, 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 your mind has been scrambled by the trials you went through and you're spiritually bankrupt and you're afraid to cross over. And what I'm doing is I'm throwing you a rope and said, come on, I want to bring you over the side. I want you to bring you over to the other side so that you can be blessed. But we have to be willing to face it and to pursue it with all of our heart. Another reason why people don't pass over or cross over is because of a lack of experience. Well, maybe we'd have some children, but I don't know how to raise children. So I'm afraid to have children. Or I don't know how to start a business. I never started a business before. And you have these people who, because of a lack of experience won't cross over. I remember the first job that I got. I went to the place. They said, I'm sorry, young man, I'm looking for someone with experience. And my classic response is this, how can I get experience if you don't hire me? Now, praise God, they went ahead and hired me. But the point is, is, is that without experience, we don't feel like we can do some of the things that God has called us to do. 
But here's what God wanted me to tell you. That whenever you do things in faith, you're not doing it by yourself. God is doing it with you, and God's got all the experience you need for every problem in your life. He has got experience with droughts. He's got experience with bad marriages. He has experience, come on, with mountains and rivers. He's got experience with everything. And when you turn to him, God can give you the experience that you need to get to the other side because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. So God wants us to cross over. And not live in that place where joy is replaced with happiness. There's something about the joy of the Lord when you're stretching yourself and seeing the goodness of God manifested in your life and seeing yourself grow spiritually. There's a joy, there's a peace that transcends all understanding. But if you're not willing to cross over, you'll miss it. And here at the river... We got a river, but we cross it into prosperity, into better health, into a better marriage, into kids that love God, into our community. Come on. We're going to cross over into the blessings of God has. Look at this verse. I, I could just quote it, but look at it. This is in Flip, uh, Philippians 3, 12. Not that I've already obtained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, what Paul is saying is Jesus laid hold of something for him. God laid hold of the promises for us. And Paul was reaching for what Jesus had laid hold of. And then he says this, Brethren, I do not count myself as apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which lie ahead. Hallelujah. He knew this. You got to keep reaching. You can't get satisfied with where you're at. You're not as spiritual as you should be. because you, See, I like to look at it this way. There's the place which is, and there is the place which should be. You should be full of joy. You should be falling in love with your wife. You should be seeing your kids grow in the Lord. You should be removing mountains. You should. But if you are content to stand by the river and not cross over, you're going to miss it in your life. And I think the things that happens is we get stuck. Stuck. Can't get moving. Just stuck. And you get stuck because you experienced a great amount of pain. Well, I tried to open up. I tried to be open with my friends. And, and I opened myself up and they hurt me. And you get stuck because you're afraid that if you open your heart up again, you'll be hurt again. But you can't cross over if you allow the past to hold you back. The past is past. The present is what we need to pursue it. 
The present is where we need to break through in our life. It's that present that will make a difference in your life. Listen, I understand we don't all reach our goals, but that doesn't mean we stop. You may not reach your goal, but that doesn't mean you, you can't reach it later. You may not reach your goal to financial, but that doesn't mean you can't reach it later. Never retire spiritually. Always be growing. Always be changing. Always be stretching yourself. Always be reaching for God's best. Because in that place, his best will become manifested in your life. And you're going to find the overflow of God's love. Come on, God. Give God praise, everybody. Give him praise. Now, I want to relate to something to you that personally happened to me. And so you can understand where I'm preaching from here. When I grew up in our house, my parents were not very... They didn't have much money. I wouldn't say they were poor, but I'd say they were on the bottom of the, the lid when it came to middle class. And I remember the first time, this is the first time I'd ever heard this from my father. It was really powerful. It was the first time they had built a McDonald's up in the Northwest in our area. And we went there. My dad said this to me. He says, you can eat as many hamburgers as you want today. All the times I'd been to a restaurant, he never, ever said that to us because it was too expensive. And so I grew up looking at the very minimal or the minimum of something. And when I got older and I got married, I still had that mindset in my thinking. And I remember I would tell my wife, you know, uh, th that tool that I need, you know, for the garage... Uh, it's, it's, it's only $50. And she would say, no, that's, you didn't add tax. And I would always look at $9.99. It's only $9.99. She'd go, no, it's more than that. Or if it's $1,000, it's more than 1000 And you'd got to add the tax. But I, I couldn't receive it because of the way that I had been raised and God hadn't revealed to me the greatness of his giving that he gives to us. And I remember the distinct time. It was, uh, we were at our home church, Faith Tabernacle. And I was, I wasn't in full-time ministry at that time, even though I was ministering everywhere for free. I just wanted to serve. And I remember we were really hurting financially. And I needed... I needed about $1,500 just to get by that month. And I remember I prayed, and I had never prayed for money before. And I prayed and said, God, I'm just praying right now, Lord, give me $100. Give me $100. Now, I need a $1,500, but he said, I said, give me, give me $100. And, uh, or did I say $1,500? I meant uh, $500. And I remember I prayed that, and the next day at church, a guy came up that was a soul winner at church that would always treat witness. And he said, the Lord spoke to me in prayer and said to give you $100. I was so excited. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Because I didn't mention it to him. The Lord just told him that. And then he said, here's what the Lord also told me. When he told me to give you $100, I said, I want to give him more. And the Lord said, No. He only asked for $100. 
And I thought to myself, that stupid mentality that I have has crippled the increase that I could have had in my life. See, you remember the verse that says that God, this is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. You all know that verse, right? We look at that verse and we go, that just means when we ask God for something, he gives us much more. That's not what it means. It's more like this. This is what he's trying to tell her. It's kind of like if you had your own business, okay? And let's say you were getting a million dollars worth of sales a year uh, normally. That's what you would get. So you go to church, you get fired up, and you go, Lord, I'm going to believe for two million in sales this year. All of a sudden, the two million starts coming in, and all of a sudden, you realize, wait a minute, the warehouse I have isn't big enough. So I'm going to have to ask God for something bigger. How many know when you ask for a big house, it takes bigger money to take care of a big house? You want five kids? Come on, it's not just the kids. It takes more money to take care of the kids. It takes a bigger vehicle. Everything increases. That's what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, I want you to understand that God can go way beyond what you ask. And if you ask causes a, a need in your life that's bigger, God can do that as well. Amen? So if you want to cross over, don't, 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 don't get conservative. Say, Lord, I need this. Hallelujah. And if it creates more need in your life, God is able to abundantly provide for you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, everybody. Give God praise. That's what God wants to do. And I want you to remember this, that every one of you is built for success. Every one of you is designed for more. Every one of you has been saved and created by God to flourish to thrive, to have more than enough with plenty left over, to be blessed coming and going. You're, you're not made to live in lack. You weren't made to live in depression. You were made to remove mountains. You were made. Let me say it to you this way. Many Christians I know, if you're a Christian, you're a champion. But many Christians won't suit up. They won't suit up they won't get in the game because they're afraid they're going to get tackled. They're afraid it's going to get an injury. I'm telling you right now, suit up today. Suit up. Say, I'm going to get suited up. I'm going to take on what God wants me to do in my life. Woo! Because the last time I checked, you are first string individuals. Now, I'm going to give you a little hint on what will happen to keep you on the shoreline and keep you from crossing over. This is what happens. Little demons, they get on your shoulder and start whispering in your ear. Here's what they say. They say things like this. Well, if you were blessed, you would have been able to ruin that mountain. If you were blessed, she never would have left you. If you were blessed, you'd be at a higher level now than you are right now. If you were blessed, you would have been able to cross over. And the devil will try to convince you that you're not blessed. Listen to me. You're not blessed because it comes upon you. You're blessed because it's within you. You have spiritual blessings inside of you, whether you have money, whether you have health, whether you're in a good situation, it's all inside of you. You've been blessed with spiritual blessings. Hallelujah! That means you're not in a position that you can't work out that spiritual blessing in your life. 
And it can change your life. It can heal you. But it isn't the physical. It is the spiritual that is bringing to pass the physical. Hallelujah. So turn to somebody and say, I'm full of it. Tell them I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm full of the blessings of God. I'm full of more than enough with plenty left over. Nothing can take that away from me. It's not, for you, for you, it's not too late for you to get a mark in this life. It's not for you to make a wake in your life that goes to the next generation. It's not too late for you to rise to the occasion and overcome the obstacles in your life that have held you back all your life. You are breaking the path today in Jesus' name. You're crossing over. I'm no longer going to live limited. I'm no longer going to be bound by what hurt I experienced in my life. I'm no longer going to allow that to, to hinder my new relationships, hinder what God has for me in my life. And when you do that, I tell you what, the, it's going to pile up and go all the way back. All those past things that people said you couldn't do, you can do. Amen. I said amen. Now, I'm going to show you something here out of a story in John's gospel that I believe will really minister to you in a great way. This is, you'll find this in John's gospel, chapter 4. And it's a very unique story. In the story, Jesus is with his disciples, and they're going through ministering to everybody. And for some reason, Jesus is led by the Spirit to go to Samaria, Samaritan. Now, Samaria is an area that Jews don't hang out. In other words, it's not a vacation spot for Jews. Why? Because the Samaritans hate the Jews. The Jews live differently than the Samaritans. The Samaritans had a form of godliness without the power, so they hated each other. And the Samaritans said, no, 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 no. I'm a child of Abraham and all this. And there was fighting and contention going on. It's, in fact, it's still going on today. Amen? And so it was not the place that a Jew would go. Jesus goes there with his apostles. He sits down at the well and says, hey guys, go off and get me some lunch. So they take off. It's not like you can go to McDonald's or Burger King. So they go off to get him lunch. And when they come back, here's Jesus sitting down talking with a Samaritan woman. Now watch this. The Samaritan woman, he says, can you give me some water? She says, why are you talking to me? She's got an attitude. I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. And Jesus begins to work with her. Now watch this. She starts out, why are you asking me? And then says, sir. And then goes from, sir, you're a prophet. Because it revealed to her that she wasn't married and she was living with someone. And by the time Jesus done talking to her, went from a bad attitude to respecting him, to a prophet, all the way to a Messiah. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to see this. He sat down with her and ministered to her like that. But his disciples come and they see Jesus. There he is, talking with this ungodly woman. And they respected the Lord enough they wouldn't confront him. But what they thought was this, what is he doing you don't talk to people like that. Because it appeared to be something 
that it wasn't. And that's what I want you to hear right now. Whenever you cross over into a blessed life, it isn't going to look like it's the blessed life when you cross. It isn't going to look like you're going to get restored. It isn't going to look like you're going to get healed. It isn't going to look like you're going to hit the next financial uh, breakthrough in your life. It isn't going to look like it when you approach that river. But yet, that's the way it was. And what's powerful about the story is that Jesus, he ministers to her, and she goes back and tells all of her friends, and then Jesus tells the disciples, he says this, he said, I want you to stop saying, it's four months to the harvest. Lift up your eyes and see, for the harvest is white. In other words, the disciples, from all appearance, this area looked like no one could get saved. It looked like no one could come to Christ. But yet Jesus approached Samaria in faith. These are potential, oh, glory to God. These are potential people that are going to come to Christ. That's what I'm saying. It didn't appear that way, but it was the way. I want you to stand up right now because this is really going to help you. When you cross over, just like when Joshua crossed over, the river had overflowed. It didn't look like you could cross over. It didn't appear like you could cross over. You're struggling with a marriage problem right now. The moment you decide, I'm going to believe God, it's going to get better. I want you to know that as soon as you do that, as soon as you begin to cross over, it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. It doesn't look like you're going to get more intimate with each other and know each other like a book. Or maybe your finances are in that boat too. It don't look like. There's no way. I've hit the top of my pay scale. There's no way I'm going to be able to get any more money. Listen to me. Your source isn't your job. It's Jesus Christ who's your source. He's not limited to your job. But when you, when you want to cross over, it doesn't look like it. I've seen people didn't look like they could recover, but they did. It didn't look like they could prosper, but they did. It didn't look like they could be more than a conqueror, but they did. It didn't look like they could soar as eagles, but they did. It didn't look like it from the natural, but when you step into faith, you begin to see things through the eyes of faith. And as you see things through the eye of faith, things don't look like what faith Visions it like. I can't go on until you begin to give praise right now because some of you have been in the dark. Some of you have been in the dark. You thought, well, there's no possible way she's ever going to change. No possible way he's ever going to change. There's no possible way I'm ever going to get out of this financial debt that I'm in. It just doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it. I know it doesn't look like it. That means it can be. Because when you see it through the eyes of faith, it begins to change what is visible into what was invisible. What was invisible is your success. But it was visible in your faith. In your faith, you saw it and you approached it and said, yeah, I know right now it looks like no way we can restore this thing. No way we can ever get over this thing. But yet in faith as you cross over, you see it done. You see it accomplished and you can break through it. Man. Now, now here's 
I'm going to relate to you where all this came from, this whole message. When I do a message Sunday mornings, even Wednesdays, the whole message comes out of prayer. I don't do canned sermons, never have. I'm not condemning people that do. I just, it's not where my anointing flows. And usually, I don't get a whole lot of sleep on Saturday night because even though I'm laying down, I'm praying. I'm seeking the Lord. And that's the way it was last night, Saturday night. I'm laying there, praying, seeking the Lord, and I saw something. As I'm laying in my bed, I saw this. I saw this angel going over the earth. And he was going all over the earth. And, 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 and on the earth, there were a light here. There was a light there. 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 And everywhere there was a light, this angel was going to provide supernatural power wherever the light was. And as soon as I saw that, these words came out of my heart. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong to those whose hearts are completely his. And then the Holy Spirit said this to me. And you're going to write this down. This is powerful. He said that God isn't moved by our needs. He's moved by our faith. That doesn't mean he's not touched by what's going on in your life. But he needs your faith to be able to move in and change it. He feels when you're sorry. He feels that. But he can't do anything until you use your faith. So this morning, I, as I preach this, I know that there's people here that you're in it. And maybe your light hasn't been on. And you would look at God, help, 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 help. But you, got, you can't cross over until you decide you're going to cross over, until you believe that you can get across, that you believe that it can happen, that your light gets on and God comes down in power in your life and, and restores and rebuilds and prospers you in the things of God. One of the scariest verses I've ever read in the Bible is what Jesus says. When I return to the earth, will I find faith? Why did he say that? Because he knows that the power of God cannot be administered on your behalf unless you're willing to cross over. Unless you're willing to believe, can't happen. So I'm going to ask you to do something today. I like those of you that say, Pastor, I, I've been at that stream and I want to cross over, but I'm afraid. But yet you said that if I believe I can get over, that God would pile up whatever it is that's trying to hold me back and I'd be able to come across a dry land. But what I'm asking for you to do is to be that light. If you want to be the light and say, I'm going to believe that I have what I need to get across. If that's you and you want to do a corporate prayer because there's power in corporate prayer. Jesus said, if two or three gather together in my name, I'm in the midst. 
There's power in it. Sometimes the only reason why our faith doesn't work is there's not enough anointing to make it work. But together, power. I want you to step out from where you're at if you want to cross over today. And I want you to come line up front here. We're going to do a corporate prayer for everybody that comes up front. I want you to lift your hands up to heaven. I want you to say, God, I'm ready. I got my light turned on. I know the angels are looking right now to show himself strong to those whose hearts are completely his. God is able to heal babies. He's able to heal incurable diseases. All he needs is light. All he needs is that person to receive in faith that light. And you got to understand when I preach this to you, I know what it's like to stand next to the stream. I've been hurt like many people, particularly in ministry, so badly that you just, Lord, I, I don't, I don't want to try to believe for it. I don't want to cross over. I'm going to put a wall around my life because I don't want anyone to hurt me ever again in my life. I never want to hurt me again in my life. But yet my faith starts to die when you're on that side. That's why many of you are in this position right now. And let me give you one of the symptoms of this. First thing that hits is you get irritable. You get irritable. And then, after you get irritable, you get bored. And then after you get bored, you begin to fight with each other. Well, it's your fault. If you would have done this, I wouldn't have that. If you would just do this, I'd be happier. Or if I just made more money, I'd be happier. Or if, if, if someone would just give me a break, I'd be happy. And it's always about someone else is the reason why you're not happy. And it's because you're standing on the edge. You got to cross over. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River app, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river and we're doing life together.